Virginia Cooperative Extension is your local connection to Virginia Tech and Virginia State University. With offices in nearly every locality, Virginia Cooperative Extension provides low or no-cost services including well water testing, soil sampling, 4-H clubs and youth development activities, nutrition education, how-to workshops, and much more. Visit ext.vt.edu to see what your local Virginia Cooperative Extension team can do for you. At Virginia Cooperative Extension, we are changing lives. Virginia Tech and Virginia Cooperative Extension are an equal opportunity affirmative action institution family it looks a little different for everyone for some it's mom and dad for others roommates who feel like family and for others it's your significant other their golfing buddies your children a high school soccer team starting lineup and oh look they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner really testing the limits of that phrase the more the merrier but no matter where you call home geico makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. That should be sponsored by Starbucks. Mm-hmm. We are live. How's it going, Slavin? Welcome again, Boxing and Chit Nine, or Boxing Just Chit. Fun. You know, C H I T. It can be considered yeah. Chit, or it can be considered Shit. shit you know, Chit. <laughs> <Shit, shit. laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. One of yeah. those things. It's going pretty good, yeah. I mean, it's a little windy day here, but uh, it's not so bad, really. Uh, we got some sunshine, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Coming all the way from Norway. We're here in D.C. We're about to get some rain. I think it's going to really uh, start to pour as we're in the midst of this thing. So, uh, you know, we'll just uh, keep moving. But, yeah, yeah, let's get some warm weather in this thing eventually. But, um, yeah, I hope all has been well. Great night of boxing last night. Uh, a ton of events going on. We had a lot of stuff. Uh, I would say that uh, this is probably one of the bigger nights so far in 2020. Uh, and I think it lit, or 2022, my apologies. Yes. And I think it lived up to the hype. I'm going back uh, a couple of years. But yeah, it lived, it lived up to the hype, in my opinion. Uh, I, I know you probably weren't able to catch all of the fights given the time difference and everything, but yeah. I did want to start on and touch on. Uh, Amanda uh, Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor, they were fighting for the undisputed championships at 135 pounds, both of them being elite level boxers, uh, probably the two or three best boxers in the world as far as the females are concerned, with Clarissa Shields being in that mix as well. Uh, But it lived up to the hype. It was at Madison Square Garden in New York, and it looked sold out or as close to sold out as uh, it could potentially have been. And the two women put on a show. And I think this is going to be something that proves to be a great benefit to boxing on the female side. They did show that they can headline and they can put on excellent shows. And much like the male matches, it's all about the matchups because the matchups produce or, or matchups that are, actually where you have two fighters who are on par with each other they typically produce great action and just great boxing overall so what are your thoughts it was viewed as the biggest female fight ever what are your thoughts on how that has gone down as far as the promotion and then what this could potentially do just even not seeing the fight, but just giving the stakes of it because i think it was trending on a lot of the social media at the time yeah, it was definitely an important uh, event because also, you know, for not least for uh, women's boxing, it was the first, uh, uh, the first real, uh, how to say, main event with the two 
women fighting because last year you had this uh, in October in England, but that was like uh, when there was a fight that should have happened. It was cancelled. I don't mm-hmm. know it was Dillian White and somebody else. But then they had two a, a women fight in, instead as the main event. But that was okay. not planned. But this was planned, so this is bigger, you know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the they really work on the promotion. I mean, really, <laughs> these late days, it's obvious. And, you know, it, I, I don't think I have before seen uh, that program. What is it called? Face to face or something before. Okay. The fight. Yeah. Yeah. The zone, uh, their, their version of sort of the face off or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So okay. I don't think that I have before seen two women in that program before i think this is was the first time probably or but i i'm not, I'm not sure <laughs> no anyway. i think you might be right because uh, I, yeah. I know the last one that had some were similar height but it had didn't build up to this degree was uh clarissa shields christina hammer but i don't remember yeah. a face off in particular yeah but this i think was the first time they really uh, had a feature two women in that uh, program which is big, and uh, yeah. that uh, is the first time. So it means that finally it is, their boxing is also starting to get uh, or approach anyway immense in uh, terms of significance. Even though it will always be somewhat behind, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was. It's not as far as behind as it used to be, you know. Anyway, because yeah. you know. Ten years ago, who was watching women box? I mean, you had to be <laughs> to be a yeah. really big boxing uh, fanatic to watch, you know, women. Also, yeah, 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 men, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Let alone selling the way this one did. So it shows that the sport has changed somewhat. And uh, shout out Siran C- or Siran yeah, Phillips. Uh, thanks for joining in. My apologies if, if I butchered your I name. Think uh, I yeah, know thanks for him. joining in again. I think I know him from somewhere. I've seen his name. I think he was in a group where I also used to be. <laughs> probably. Oh, yeah. Bless you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bless you again. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, I, I agree. I thought this did wonders for the sport and the females that are tied to this sport. And I think that this opens up the door for more. In the aftermath, they were discussing the possibility of the rematch taking place in Ireland, which would make it a big event for uh, Katie Taylor. Some of the discussions made it seem as though, you know, she and she is what, like 34 maybe now. It seems as though they were discussing, hey, her career is winding down here. Uh, that's at least how some of the discussions were going. But uh, I think that if her and Serrano face each other in Ireland, I think that would be a huge event and we'll get some mm. of the same type of fanfare. And then should that should the verdict change as far as should Serrano win, that may open the door for a potential trilogy. I don't know that we've had a rivalry to this group degree for the women. And I think this would be an added benefit to, to continue to boost the sport up a bit more. Um, and, and I will say that the fight in itself. So I was scoring it, of course, uh, every, scoring is always subject, uh, subject, uh, suggestive. Um, yeah. Yeah. You had to get that out of there. But um, basically 
I viewed it as a draw. Now, some of those rounds were uh, rounds were close, and I could see it being There's argued either team. way as far as Serrano or Taylor winning. I think that the person that caused the most damage was Serrano, uh, yeah. and she uh, had Katie Taylor looking as though she was about to drop her uh, on more than one occasion, and I think if she would have got those knockdowns, then that could have played into her benefit. But Katie Taylor, I would say, she maintained her composure for the majority of the fight. And when she, when she was actually on the outside and able to sort of fight based on her game plan, she did a lot of countering of what Amanda Serrano was doing on offense. So that proved to be of benefit for her. And, and, and Serrano in the fifth round, I think it was, almost had her out of there. And I think she used a lot of energy through the mix. So as those middle rounds went on a little bit, she kind of slowed down her output and that may have uh, been what uh, put the judges in the favor of, uh, of Taylor. But overall, it was just a great fight. Fight of the year candidate. It might be the leading one right now at this point. I can't think of uh, another one on this level that brought this type of sustained action. So yeah, I'm going to say fight of the year thus far. Yeah, I mean, I've seen what a friend of mine, you know, that you know also from the group boxing, Evan mm-hmm. Anthony, he, he he did see that fight. And he mm-hmm. also had the same, uh, he thought it, was, it, it should have been a draw. And uh, he also said, yeah, that Serrano did most of the damage, but then she faded, like, in the later mm-hmm. rounds. And that enabled Katie Taylor to come back and, yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, you know that happens. Uh, of course, when yeah. you um when you get excited and we all you almost have someone out there, you try to finish. Uh, she, yeah. she, hey, she was close to it, but you know, I, I think that if it would have been would have been three minute rounds, then yeah, Katie yeah. Taylor wouldn't have been able to survive that. But that's the big big issue with those, that women's boxing. That's uh, those rounds are. Too yeah. short, and that's why there are so few knockouts happening. You know, there, I believe. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of impartial towards it. You know, part of me thinks that, oh yeah, three rounds would be great. Then a part of me thinks that, hey, these two minute rounds, you have some who still are able to do their thing and they have their power and all that stuff. Yeah, I guess mm. it really comes down to more of a, more of the attrition aspect uh, if you yeah. think about whether the three what the three minute rounds would bring to the table um but yeah i'm a bit impartial towards it um just thinking about it i don't know that that know that it should Mm. just definitively happen i think it should be a choice you know between the women Mm. if they and it's something that's agreed upon by both you know yeah that's a good uh yeah i think so too that's a good idea it's kind of like when they had uh (laughs) You know, in some play, I think before they had like, uh, if if there was a draw after 12 rounds, they had one more round. You know, they fought to break the draw, the 13th round. So that was a a really good idea, I think, also. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, you know, that would be interesting, sort of like a sudden death type situation. I've heard that discussed uh, uh, in some regards. And then, you know, I've heard some discuss uh, having an odd number of rounds, you know, mm. uh, and I've seen in some cases where there will be fights with 11 rounds. Um, yeah. You know, it all depends, yeah, I guess. But I guess yeah. you could still theoretically get a draw, <laughs> you know, regardless. Yeah. 
I think in some of those Latin American countries there, yeah. I've seen like 11 round fights. So that was like, what? <laughs> 11 yeah. rounds? Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, uh, Argentina, I've seen it done there for sure. Um, so yeah, that's what I was thinking of, some of those countries. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. I think mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, we'll see. I think that this fight can sort of dictate like what the future holds in some sense, because it's a lot of publicity yeah. and stuff tied to this one. So what these two ultimately choose to do, I think that could go a long way. But I will say that um, this was a great fight. And, you know, if even regardless of the two minute rounds or whatever, I think it brought it brought a level. Of, the two minute rounds may have brought a level of excitement that otherwise mm. wouldn't have necessarily been there if it was three minutes round, three minute rounds, you know? So, yeah, I think this, kind of made the case for, hey, two-minute rounds isn't broken necessarily. Uh, I think Tony Bell, you kind of uh, alluded to the same thing. So so I'm good with the uh, current format in some sense. And so thinking about that, um, the next question, of course, would be where did they go from here? And I think that the best thing is rematch. This has rematch written all over it. So hopefully that's what we see. Yeah. I know there are some other fighters out there, Michaela Mayer, et cetera, uh, but – this just was made for a rematch, getting one of those. It has that sort of uh, Pacquiao Marquez, uh, uh, Israel Vasquez, uh, Raul, or um, what is the other uh, Juan Manuel Marquez's brother? Uh, uh, Rafael. Rafael. I was going to say Raul, but not Raul. Uh, so, yeah, Rafael Marquez. It has the yeah. feel of, you know, just a matchup where you have two guys that are two guys or girls that are just made for mm -hmm. each other. So That's I think right. that um, a rematch is probably the best thing to keep the momentum going. Yeah. And uh, what I like about Katie Taylor is that the last time she, first time she had like a, a disputed victory, which was against Delphine. Yes. She gave her a rematch. So I think now also she would probably be open for a rematch since there are, you know, I've I've seen some reports saying that like, Serrano was robbed and she should have won. You know, that's that's yeah, the thing, yeah. So, yeah. You know, I think robbery would be a strong. Uh, some people probably feel that way. Yeah, I think that that would be sort of a strong uh, way of uh, kind of classifying this. I didn't feel it was a robbery. I just felt yeah. it was a close fight. You know, and I had it a draw, but yeah, it was close enough. Yeah, yeah, it kind of so comes clear. down to what you favor, you know. If you're a judge, yeah, it just comes down to what you favor. That's what I mean. Like the same guys that are saying <laughs> that Antonio Taro got robbed in the first fight against Roy Jones. I didn't see that. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that fight countless times and scored it. And each time I scored it, I cannot see anything but Roy Jones winning by at least two points, right? So it's, it was yep. just because Tara had those big moments with those combinations against the ropes, you know. Yeah. So people just see that, you know, like who really like looked uh, flashier, you know. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, and I'm in agreement with you there. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, uh, it's definitely one of those situations. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, but yeah, rematches certainly in order, um, but just yeah. did wonders for the landscape of the females. And I want to shout out uh, Franchon Desern Cruz, who is a fighter at 
168-pound division for the uh, females. And she became the undisputed super middleweight champion last night, and she defeated a fighter out of Sweden. I can't remember her name, but she was out of Sweden. And she's actually Sideros. Sideros, she was undefeated as well. All right. And... And and Cruz, uh, she she came in and did her thing, you know. She she really mm-hmm. lived up to the hype, and I think that she's uh she she deserves not. She's gotten better and better over the years, and I think that she's going to continue to be a mainstay and player in the uh, in the yeah. sport of boxing in this division. And mm-hmm. she could potentially face uh, Clarissa Shields again, and that was mentioned during a broadcast. And they faced each other in the pro debuts for each. And both of them have uh, faced each other on multiple occasions in the amateurs. So I think that would make for a pretty good matchup because I think it's a good style clash for sure. Yeah. Yes. Hello, so Facebook another... user. Thank you. Hmm. Hello, <laughs> Facebook user. A very yeah, I think funny, that that is. Maybe my mother. Kind of nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Rodolfo oh, Rivera. Yeah. Welcome, Rodolfo. Thank you for joining oh, in. Yeah, oh. appreciate you stopping in here. Rodolfo, hey, he, he's good to go. Um, so and he's been bad. in that mix uh, with the boxing stuff as well. So definitely appreciate you dropping by, Rodolfo. Uh, yeah, but good stuff indeed. So, um, so yeah, we talked about that. The, the other big marquee fight from uh, last night was uh, Shakur Stevenson mm-hmm. versus Oscar yeah. Valdez. And this was pitting pitting two of the top 130 pounders together for a unification fight. And, you know, I have always, I've, I've been fond of both Oscar Valdez and Shakur Stevenson. Uh, yeah. I like Valdez. Um, and I think that he's, he's got grit and he's shown in the past that he's, uh, or he's overcome some, so some of those situations where he might've been counted out in the past and coming into this. And I, I posted it uh, before I, you know, before the fight started, but I felt that Shakir Stevenson was going to get a uh, unanimous decision victory over Oscar Valdez, and yeah. I view Stevenson as the top of the, of the young crop of fighters uh, out there with the likes of uh, Tank Davis, Teofimo Lopez, Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia, and all of them who are in or around that uh, lightweight limit, or yeah. I guess you can say. I view Shakir Stevenson as the top guy right there. And I feel like he's the type that will rise to the occasion of the fight and in a major way, because this was a thorough outboxing of Oscar Valdez to the point where you you just wonder, like he made Valdez look very ordinary. And it's like, how did he get a title? But I think it's just how that's how good Shakir Stevenson is. His ceiling is very high, but it was not close whatsoever. And Shakur Stevenson showed that, hey, he's a step above anyone at 130 pounds right now, without a doubt. So we'll see what's in store for him as he moves up. But I know he's intending to become undisputed at 130. Uh, I think him and uh, Navarrete would be a good fight, uh, but Navarrete is at 126 still, I believe. Um but yeah, he just showed that he's a level above, and I think he would outplant Navarrete because his boxing skills and IQ is just on an elite mm. level, and, and yeah, it's, it's hard to even explain. He just dominated in a way that was unexpected. <laughs> well, yeah. maybe expected by some, but was, I, I think many probably at least thought uh, Oscar Valdez would put up somewhat of a fight, which I didn't feel that he did anything of significance in the fight at all. No, 
I only, yeah, I mean, that's obvious. Stevenson is at elite level, definitely. And the way he beat uh, Jamel uh, Herring, he was Jamel, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, who is very, very solid, you know, but uh, yes. this guy is just a whole different class, you know, and he was just so, so dominant also in that fight. Yeah, I didn't really expect it, uh, to be honest, to be him to be so dominant against Herring, you know, as he yeah. was and now. He's also been very dominant against Valdez. So what's next? Yeah, that's something yeah. you can ask yourself. <laughs> Sky yeah. is the limit, you know. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. I would say that this was certainly eye-opening. Uh, I don't know that Josh Warrington is going to want this fight now for sure after seeing this. Uh, yeah. I know that's who Stevenson has <laughs> wanted as well for a good while. But well, yeah, it was just, just domination. Yeah, he would get destroyed probably. I, and the I problem with Warrington it. is uh, he wouldn't, he doesn't have enough pop to probably yeah. gain uh, Shakir's respect from a punching standpoint. Mm. Um, but, you know, he does have some grit about him, but that luster has kind of uh, gone down a little bit. Uh, mm. Rodolfo Rivera, yeah, that was Shakir's first linear title, hopefully not his last. Yeah, I'm with you, Rodolfo. Hey, hopefully not his last. And I think he has the makeup and mindset of a person. Uh, who is going to continue to push himself. He, he's already talking about uh, what's next, um, and he's willing to face anyone, and I believe it. He's willing to take on uh, any of these guys that are out there, and he seems to have a true joy. My girlfriend and I were talking about this. He seems to have a true joy for the sport. You can see that it's fun for him, and he's having Ooh. a good time in the ring. And, and I think as long as you're in that type of stride or mode, then – it's going to be tough for anyone who isn't 100% dedicated and focused to be able to defeat uh, yeah. Stevenson, at least at this particular stage. I don't see anybody at 130 right now anyway, so I don't know who else is out there. We had, well, Bershot is done, obviously, now. So Yeah, yeah, uh, he's done. Who else is out there <laughs> at you know, 130? One, yeah, 130... So, Maybe. of course, you yeah. mentioned Warrington. Uh, yeah, he's now. Yeah, that's right. He's yeah, he, he's there now, and you got that belt from Kiko Martinez. But I think, yeah, Shakir Stevenson well, will handle both of them. Yeah, um, we can forget about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. He's a serious contender, and we, too. Yeah. And, we got, and, yeah. Wait, yeah. Well, there aren't really, there aren't really anybody. I don't see... Mm-hmm. Anybody, this guy Rahimo from uh, Tajikistan, he's mm. undefeated. Shavkat John, <laughs> Kenichi Ogawa, yeah. There really uh, are. Ogawa is pretty decent, um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know that he would be able to uh, defeat Shakur. John Zelfa Barrett, yeah, it's pretty much... Not really, I mean, outstanding names here that I can see. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Zelfa Barrett is ready. Yeah. Or, well, I just don't think he would uh, defeat Shakir. Yeah. He's decent. Yeah, I'm looking at the ratings that Ring has. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see anything standing in the way, you know, Chris in theory, at least, of him actually uh, becoming uh, undisputed, assuming he can, all those uh, guys agree to take him on. Yeah, I think he's... He's lined up well. Chris Colbert used to be promising, but now he lost. Uh, 
Yeah, so, there, there was a lot of back and forth between the two of them, uh, or, or indeed just fans of each. But I, I didn't buy into the uh, Chris Colbert hype. I thought he looked decent, yeah. but he hadn't really fought anyone, and uh, yeah. I didn't. And I always felt that uh, Shakur Stevenson was a better fighter just all around. Um, Colbert, you know, he he relies a lot on his athleticism, and he he has a flashier style, I would say. But I didn't yeah. view him as being on the level of Shakur, definitely not at this stage as far as where they both are, both are young fighters. But, yeah, yeah, I think it was a rude awakening for Colbert in his last fight. I forget who he was facing, but I did watch the fight, and I thought yeah. at times in there he looked a bit lost and didn't know what to do. And I think that only is going to increase as he moves up and face tougher fighters. And, you know, it's going to depend on what he does, how he comes back from this first loss Ooh. of his career. He seemed to be okay in the aftermath uh, when doing the interview, but um, he, he did, did, uh, did definitely have some trouble in that fight. And so where he ends up, uh, I think he may have a play for doing something which Shakir Stevenson leaves 130. Uh, but yeah, he's going to have to build himself back up a bit. Well, this guy, Rakimo, he, he looks kind of decent. He had a draw against Joseph Diaz, and uh, before that, he yeah. was he stopped like a few guys that were were good anyway. Robinson Castellanos. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I feel like I've seen him. Yeah, Rakimo. So yeah, he might be a pretty pretty decent. He's test, a tall um, guy for that for that division. Pretty tall. Yeah. Yeah, he might be a, a pretty decent te uh, test for sure. And you mentioned yeah. Agawa, who has the IBF title. So that may be who he goes for uh, yeah. to, to try and get the title or to try to become undisputed. Maybe Kenichi Agawa is a fight that uh, we actually see. Uh, Rodolfo <laughs> mentioned Shakir did say he wants to become undisputed at 130, and I say he does it easily. Yeah, it looks like that for sure right now. Certainly looks like that. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I think he does it easily, yeah. Unless somebody new should appear suddenly, but I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Robson Kunseau, who fought uh, Oscar Valdez yeah. last time around. That was, I, uh, uh, I think he's okay, but... um. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't... A think tough that. guy, yeah. Just yeah, tough. yeah, yeah. He, and he has moments in fights, but um, yeah, I think Shakur handles him as well yeah he will so, i mean until he moves up to 135 he i don't think he, anybody can really like has a realistic chance to beat him really so, yeah yeah i think I, I think i'm with you there um uh and, and of course it'll be cool to see you know if he does that i know he mentioned if he doesn't get the fights that he wants uh then he seems to be willing to move up so maybe we get that or some That's of those matchups sooner than later, you know? Yeah, well, then 135 will really become epic, like, really epic. Yes, I mean, yes, yes. So, Tiafimo, I believe, has gone up to 140, so he's out of the mix for yeah. the time being. But you still have the likes of Tank David, you have uh, Ryan Garcia, Combosos. you have Devin Haney, Combosos. So, that's going to be telling in terms of who wins this Haney-Combosos yeah. fight, which I view it as a A. A probably 50-50 fight in some sense. Uh 50-50 mm. fight. It's hard to say who is going to win, but I think it's a pretty good matchup uh stylistically. And um yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that one. 
Yeah, that's right. You got Isaac Cruz also is pretty. Oh yeah, cool. Isaac Cruz. Yeah, he is out there. I got into it with some uh, Isaac Cruz fans on uh, Twitter uh, during his fight with Gamboa. Uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> because uh, <laughs> they were giving him credit, and I was just like, "For what? What does he deserve?" That was a slaughter. For? Yeah, that was simply a slaughter. <laughs> More than yeah. a fight. And that's what I was thinking as well. I mean, yeah, hopefully Gamboa hangs it up. But, yeah, Isaac Cruz, I would say he is a player. I do like him. I like his style. And he seems to be the type that are really getting there and uh, uh, yeah. batting down the hatches and throw and trade and exchange uh, if he needs to. And um, I think that so would make far, for some interesting fights. So far, the only guy who has really given thing these uh, true fights, you know. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and I will say that I didn't expect it. I thought that uh, Tank's power would be a bit too much for him because uh, he was coming up in weight, of course. But yeah, but he did uh, the height. You know, I wonder how that fight would go. You know, if they were to rematch, because I just think it was think it was very interesting. I did favor Tank, and uh -huh. um, but I got to give uh, him his credit, uh, uh, Isaac, his credit. Uh, yeah, he's he's definitely a really like a uh, strong strong fighter and uh, of course <laughs> tough aggressive mm -hmm. typical Mexican fighter. Yeah, it, yeah. Indeed. Sometimes you know, first time it can be a little bit. Uh, maybe if you don't know that your opponent well enough, or you didn't have the best night, then you know you don't really perform as good as usual. But then the second time, usually you do better, you know, in a, in a rematch. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think it would certainly be interesting uh, to see what they look like uh, in a rematch. Um, hopefully, yeah. you know, Tank remains active here for this year because maybe we could see him getting in another two or three fights, uh, maybe two yeah. fights since he's already had one. But uh, he's taking on uh, Romero. Uh, uh, Roley Romero, uh, which should yeah. be interesting. It's interesting back and forth. I like the back and forth that they have, but yeah, uh, yeah. but I think that Roley hasn't. Roley, I, I felt Roley lost when he take took on uh, this guy's Roley. last name was Martinez, right, or something like that. Roley Romero, yeah. He fought this guy. I feel like his last name. I'm gonna have to look him up. It was Martinez, but it was a uh, uh, one of these guys that uh, many felt that he was robbed, and I felt the same way. You know, to be honest with you, when he took on Rolando, uh, yeah, that's right. His name is Rolando. Yeah, he yeah, Rolando. Is, he's still undefeated, but uh, yeah, yeah. So the fight that I'm talking about is Jackson uh, Marinez. So I said Marinez. Oh yeah. Marinez. Yeah, I that found. fight. Many felt that uh, Marinez deserved the nod in that fight. I felt the same way. Romero, he was basically just loading up on punches the entire night. He was Very giving the decision. Scorecards, yeah. <laughs> he was giving the decision, uh, but many uh, felt that you know Marinez deserved that decision. And of course, Marinez in his next fight, he did face Richard Comey and lost. It was definitive. Uh, Richard Comey really, uh, really gave oh, yeah. it to him. Uh, stop them, yeah, but Marina right. is still pretty solid all around. Uh, but yeah, I think that'll that's what's going to prove to be sort of the downfall of Romero uh, because he, yeah, he's, uh, he's in love with his power for sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but and when, when you're in there with a guy who can box, that's uh, tough, tough sledding for him. Yeah, some uh, people, yeah.
Rodolfo, I would have preferred a rematch against Isaac Cruz any day <laughs> over a rolly fight. Yeah, <laughs> which is, I think that's that whole Mayweather promotions thing since that's all the same stable. They've worked it in this way. But I'm a, I'm in agreement with you. Uh, Romero is now, you know, he, he's getting the title shot. There's some other 135-pounders who probably – should have been in that mix as well, but hey, you know it's that Mayweather promotions thing. So it is uh pretty pretty interesting that they went with that, but we'll see. I think that Romero has a high chance of getting stopped in this fight. Um, I don't know if he's really been tapped up by someone with the type of power that uh Tank has. So I think it's gonna be yeah. interesting for sure. Well, yeah, the guy who last stopped, stopped Bear Shelf, Jeremiah Nakatila, that's the one, yeah. Oh, yeah, Nakatila. Uh, and yeah. Shakur Stevenson beat Nakatila. You basically yeah. thoroughly outboxed him as well. Virginia Cooperative Extension is your local connection to Virginia Tech and Virginia State University. With offices in nearly every locality, Virginia Cooperative Extension provides low or no-cost services including well water testing, soil sampling, 4-H clubs and youth development activities, nutrition education, how-to workshops, and much more. Visit ext.vt.edu to see what your local Virginia Cooperative Extension team can do for you. At Virginia Cooperative Extension, we are changing lives. Virginia Tech and Virginia Cooperative Extension are an equal opportunity affirmative action institution the we're going family style deal because i want a bite of your big mac and i need some of your quarter pounds. i'll try your filet of fish there's a deal for every friend group at mcdonald's order any two classics for just six bucks price of participation may vary single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer and this was when they were complaining a lot of people were complaining because shakir you know he played it safe in that fight with uh Nakatila, but he thoroughly outboxed him uh yeah in my yes, opinion, yes. and many others as well. <laughs> mm. Hey, uh, welcome, Vinny. Shout out to Vinny, knowledgeable individual right here. Vinny66. Uh, Shakir also had the ability to control the energy of his opponent every time Valdez got into the offensive zone. He was quickly diffused or left punching at nothing. Yes, and that was very glaring through this fight. And, and that's kind of what uh, I stem back to as far as Shakur made Valdez look very ordinary in that fight. Mm -hmm. And some may have argued, hey, Valdez, you know, he, he's an explosive puncher, so he kind of loads up on his loads up on his power, not in the sense that he, he is stagnant necessarily, but he puts so much into it, nearly every punch that he throws that when he misses, it's a glaring miss. And he was glaringly missing Shakir Stevenson all night, and of course that I think uh, didn't work in his favor, and it and it's not a good look for him as far as seeing him potentially matched matched up with another like pure boxer, someone who isn't necessarily tailor made for him style wise, but someone who is purely yeah. on the boxing front, one of those guys that relies on their fundamental skills, and I think that is essentially the thing that has shown to be what is uh, shown to be uh, an issue for Oscar Valdez moving forward. Yeah. I, I forgot what I, was, what I wanted to say now. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Valdez, if you look at his previous opponents, he didn't really fight that many guys that were like slick, you know, and technically yeah. sound like uh, Shakur. So, you know, he mostly, yeah, followed those guys who are, like, offensive and uh, just, you know, warriors like he is. And, uh, yeah. 
And it's made for exciting fights, you know? It's made for exciting fights. I would say he's an exciting guy. I've been fond of him for a good period of time because I always liked his style. And I was actually in uh, Arizona back in, I think it was 2017, or maybe not 2017. It was 2018 or something like that. Maybe it was 2017. I I can remember, but uh, he fought Genesis Cervania. And uh, that was a good fight. That was a very good fight. Uh, especially really, seeing it live, yeah, and, and Genesis really like gave him gave him the work. Yeah, yeah I remember watching Slovenia <coughs> for live once. Really, really explosive, entertaining fight. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say that was a ve- definitely a very exciting one for him there uh, when he took on uh, yeah. Slovenia. And but I think that you know Valdez, you know, he's gonna have to think about what you know the right move is for him. Uh, next, I don't know that it gets any better for him moving up to 135, especially if he wants to get a title, which he says he wants to work back towards getting uh, another title. I don't yeah. know that that's in play at 135, so in all likelihood, he may end up ultimately staying at 130, and then you know, the potential that if Shakur Stevenson actually unifies or not unifies but becomes undisputed then maybe uh, he'll he'll vacate immediately thereafter. Uh, he yeah. may not defend them, and then that'll leave the belts pretty much out there for the taking, you know? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it depends now also if uh, who wins this fight between uh, Cambosos and Haney, he will, like, be the man to beat in the at 135. Yeah. So, yeah, I rightfully mean, uh, so. Yeah. Rightfully so. So that's the guy who Stevenson will likely be, I mean, hunting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, rightfully so. And I, as far as I'm concerned right now, I do view uh, Combosos as the number one 135-pounder in the world. I thought mm. the way he uh, showed grit in that Tiafimo Lopez fight, it just showed that, yeah. hey, he is actually skilled. He's actually tough. And on the offensive side, he can be a problem for – anyone at that weight so i view him as the yeah. number one guy right now for sure even though box track curiously ranks him as number five for some reason they're oh, wow. just their rankings have always been really hopeless you know who do they have in front of him they have even low i mean uh they have lomachenko haney Lop- oh, okay. Telf- telfimo who's not even in the division anymore and yeah. Gervonta, <laughs> number one so <laughs> mm, interesting interesting yeah, yeah i don't know I, I, I think i'd have to move combosos up just given what he's done uh i feel like yeah. he's the number one guy right now and uh but you know hey i think they you may use some kind of uh algorithm because some of their mm. rankings are a bit funky especially those pound for pound all-time rankings they're yeah. a bit funky you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah they are i mean i don't know they have a special system i think uh, they yeah. use to rate them they don't really do it do it like uh by <laughs> you using this one <laughs> they just uh, special, <laughs> yeah like yeah like uh, i don't yeah know. i think that the best uh the best ranking or ranker in my opinion, is uh, there's a guy on YouTube is by the name of Boxing Librarian. Shout out to Boxing Librarian, but I look at a lot of his stuff. Uh, he has a system. I don't know the in- intricate details of it, but it takes into account uh, the fighter's resume, 
what they've done as far as the number of Hall of Famers they face, the number of yeah. titles they face, pound for pound fighters, etc. It takes all of that into account. And I really think yeah. it's uh, probably uh, one of the better ways to go about ranking fighters because you do have to take that stuff into account, especially when you're yeah. factoring in fighters uh, of the past who many don't necessarily or they may have necessarily may not have necessarily seen their fights but they just know of them by name i think if you really yeah. dissect some of those older fighters you'll see that if you look at the level of competition that they were facing at that yeah. particular time and area and if you do it based on the rankings and all of that stuff then a lot of these guys were were in a place that some of these modern guys haven't been and, and probably yeah. won't be with the amount of individuals they had faced. You do have the likes of Pacquiao, Mayweather, those two come to mind who are facing like the number one guys and all that stuff at varying times. Uh, yeah. And then some others as well. Uh, but yeah, I think that is the most subjective way of going about it. Uh, this ranking from the boxing librarian. <laughs> so for those listening, yeah, I would well. recommend checking out his page. Yeah, I know, definitely. I mean, you got fighters, for instance, like all the, those older fighters like Jimmy Bivins, for instance, like he mm -hmm. beat Ezra Charles and uh, Archie Moore, and, you know, all those guys. But who who knows of him? Who has yeah. heard of him? Like, almost yeah. only because he never, I think it was because of the war that he never received a world title shot, something like that. I, Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's, he's a part of a uh, Black Murderer's Row where a lot of those guys didn't get a shot. Some oh, of them right. were just blatantly ducked, or the people yeah. doing the rankings at the time didn't include them in there. Charlie Burley is one of them. I had did a post oh, yeah, about right. him, but yeah, yeah these I guys were he, fighting each other. Yeah, I think Bivens beat Burley also, but that yeah, was I believe early he did. On. Yeah, early. Yeah. But yeah, you <laughs> had a whole crop of those guys that were out there like that. Um, yeah, Rodolfo Rivera, yeah, BL even made his own custom pound-for-pound pound list all the way from 1890. Yep, yep. So, yeah, wow. this is true. So, this is That's the boxing librarian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. He puts that work in. Uh, let's say he does. Uh, so, a lot that goes into it. Um, and I, and yeah. I think it's the best way, most subjective way of going about ranking. I would like to see it adopted on a grander scale, you know. Uh, yeah. The powers that be in boxing yeah. i would like to see it adopted on a grander scale by them but you know that's of course that's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah yeah it's probably not an easy route of course uh i would yeah. say that some of the uh historic stuff you know we have individuals on youtube a lot of these guys uh like bl others scrapbook boxing random acoustic thoughts is one of them who are going about the process of trying to push out more of this information on these boxers of the past and it's something, you know, that I'm pretty keen on. And um, I think it's a great benefit. And it at least for at least puts a mark there in the world of YouTube, which is a top platform for individuals to come gain knowledge and insight on some of these fighters yeah. if they seek it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to do, I mean, with those threads that I make, history threads at the uh, KO Boxing Forum to to put out their name out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been making all of those threads about fighters that I've discovered that very few have heard of, but they really did have a 
you know, they did achieve something, you know, like mm -hmm. that, that became forgotten after a while, you know, by the public and by the yeah. boxing writers, you know, so yeah, yeah. And sometimes, you know, uh, boxing fans today become prisoners of the moment, which I think would probably probably happens in every era, but they become prisoners of the moment in uh, the view certain things in a certain way. Like, for instance, yeah. I know a lot of stuff has been floating around out there right now of uh, Tyson Fury being the greatest heavyweight of all time. And I think that is uh, some, some, somewhat prisoner of the moment type of uh, yeah. thinking, you know. That's an overstatement, simply. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like Tyson and all that stuff. I but... mean, yeah, you, you can argue that he is in the mix or may, may be discussed, you know. Among yeah. you know those the best, but uh, I mean, who who has he beaten? Deontay Wilder and uh, now that guy Dillian White, who you know, yeah, probably was really elite level fighter. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like Fury also. I don't don't get me wrong, but I mean, but he's yeah. not, he hasn't done enough simply to be. Yep, agree, agree, and, yeah. and that was the same case with Wilder as far as when he had that WBC yeah. belt, and they were making that comparison about how long he's had the belt by comparison to how long uh, Muhammad yeah. Ali, for instance, was. Uh, he was beating like you know to, to <laughs> me to cans mostly. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. His best win was Ortiz. Uh, yeah. And that was by a long shot, you know. And that was like, guy. yeah, in the first fight, he, he kind of got help from the referee because he was in trouble, yep. as I remember, in eighth round or something. And then the referee just came in and stopped, <laughs> paused the fight for no reason at all. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> what is he doing? Come on. And yeah, always some just... uh, craziness going on uh, yeah. in these situations, you know. Always some pretty crazy stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of, yeah, they just, it was obvious they were on his side. So, yeah. Working yeah. For... So um, another thing I had put down was uh, I, uh, Liam Smith took on Jesse Vargas in a fight that seemed to be about two two plus years in the making because I know they've been yeah. talking about it for a while. And <laughs> yeah, beefy, and it turned out to be a pretty decent uh contest. Uh, Vargas was stopped for the first time in this uh contest, and and it was in the 10th round actually. That was a yeah, good stop because he was taking a lot impressive. of damage. Yeah, that was, I didn't really expect that, uh, even though I kind of leaned towards Leon, uh, because also Vargas has been away from the ring for two years, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and then that simply seems to be, yeah, this fight seemed to come too soon simply for him. Yeah, so, and I think, yeah, that layoff showed and being him being at 154 pounds, this was his first fight at 154 pounds. Yeah, and uh, hmm. yeah, he doesn't have that type of pop or whatever to, uh, yeah, that's right. To really, yeah, uh, I mean, he, he had some pop at 147, obviously, because. Yeah, yeah it stopped like Saddam Ali and uh, Humberto Soto, but uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> as much Humberto. as that sport, <laughs> hey, he was a uh, you know, he's a battle tested fighter for sure. Humberto, yeah, but so yeah. Soto was kind of getting on in age, I think, and mm -hmm. yeah, yes, yeah, definitely very long, and yeah, so yeah, definitely, anyway, yeah. 
I think it was very impressive still for him to win like mm-hmm. this, you know, because uh, he's never been a really big, huge puncher either, you know. He's more yeah. like, uh, yeah, a guy who's aggressive and just throws a lot. And uh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I agree. So, yeah, we'll see what he does. He's actually running for some type of congressional seat in Las Vegas. So that's a part of it as well. So wow, I think, yeah, he's kind of one wow. foot in, one foot out in a sense. Liam Smith, wow. <laughs> yeah, Liam, yeah, Liam, hey, I got to give Liam Smith props. He's uh, he's looking good. It looks like he's gotten better. I actually yeah. thought that Anthony Fowler would defeat him in his last fight, but he really handled Anthony mm. Fowler with not much problems at all. So, I think Liam yeah. Smith is probably better, definitely better now than when he faced uh, Canelo the first time around, you know? Yeah. And, and hey, we'll see yeah, what, uh, was, what's in uh, store for him. Yeah, he was just too young back then in that fight. I mean, yeah, he was holding that title of WBO, but he hadn't really fought anyone that was worth, worth much before Canelo, so that... Also came too soon for him that fight, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, now he's on a, a little streak. Uh, so we'll see if he is able to work his way into a title shot of some type. I think mm. a lot of that, of course, is going to depend on this Jamel Charlo. Uh, Brian Castaño reach rematch. Um, That's right. That's then the probably <laughs> some mandatory stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think he will probably receive some uh, kind of world title shot. I hope so. He does. Yeah, I think he deserves it because yeah, yeah, he has yeah. lost. Yeah, he has lost several times, but he never gave up. You know, and yeah, uh, uh, what you would like, what you like to see is uh, fighters improving, and I think he's definitely yeah. improved. You know. Yeah, and he he knew. I think he pretty much knew that he would uh, the the only way he would surely win that fight was by stoppage. Because if he had went the distance, who knows? You know, with those judges in Vegas, uh, or yeah. this, this was in New York, maybe I don't know. Yeah, Doesn't yeah, New, uh, New York. Yeah, this was New York, but yeah, still same still, situation. Yeah. yeah, still there's a lot of corruption going on, you know, as you know. <laughs> we have talked mm-hmm. about that before good stuff but yeah rodolfo i actually predicted liam smith by tip round stoppage in a prediction lead which gave me some good points good stuff for there you. rodolfo good stuff good for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey it's spot on with it yeah i uh yeah i didn't yeah i predicted just want to say this uh the exact stoppage when carl frampton stopped uh kiko martinez because Nobody okay. expected that, you know, because Kiko hadn't been stopped and before. But I kind of put down TKO nine. Let's say TKO nine. I didn't know. I didn't know, of course, that he was going to do that. So that happened. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's amazing. You know, like, yeah. yeah, you know, sometimes it's like that. It just <laughs> always feels good when you get the prediction right. I know yeah. definitely for myself with the amount I miss, uh, <laughs> it's definitely good to get a couple of them right here and there. <laughs> yeah. I would say. That's why I eventually left those prediction leagues. I just couldn't 
couldn't handle being wrong so often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do that on Twitter. You go look at some of my uh, tweets. Uh, they don't age well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yes. Oh, Miter Miter Span. Span. Welcome. Welcome, Miter Span. Hey, appreciate you jumping in, buddy. Grace to still see fighters who know the sweet signs. Boxing isn't going anywhere anytime soon. I agree. Yeah, the uh, the notion of boxing dying and all of this stuff that is going to continue to float around uh, for years to come. But nonsense. yeah, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, that's just nonsense. Yeah, if it was going somewhere, these networks wouldn't uh, shell out money. You know, <laughs> I'd say even boxing is more alive now than like ten years ago. It was actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think these uh, streaming platforms have done wonders and uh, changed the dynamic a bit. So I'm with you yeah. there for sure. There was so much, you know, disappointing stuff going on. I remember like 2011, 2012, a lot of cancellations and fights not yeah. happening. You know, and, yeah, there was uh, a lull. There was definitely a, definitely a lull. And then in the midst of that, I would say probably about 2016 is when it started to pick back up in more of a major yeah. way because we started getting matchups that needed to happen and should have happened, like the likes mm. of uh, Thurman versus Porter. Uh, yeah. You saw stuff like that. You saw Errol Spence against Kell Brook, et cetera, mm. you know. So I think that helped to start to build. Uh, I think that started helped to start to build things back up because there was a little lull there, especially yeah, all of those was... years of us not getting uh, Mayweather versus Pacquiao, and yeah. that played into some of the sort of negative uh, thoughts around boxing as well. Yeah, I know. I was really like frustrated, and then there you had those champions like. Devon Alexander, for instance, they wouldn't oh, risk yeah. anything. They would just go in the ring and just uh, like uh, make, <laughs> make everyone fall asleep, you know, while they were yep. fighting. Like, mm, mm, yeah, like, you know, oh, Devin. <laughs> you know, it was always the little fighters who were bringing it, but they weren't getting yeah. any attention, you know? Yeah, that's right. It was the little fighters. Uh, Vinny 66, Fury is the best of a watered-down area he, era. He would be competitive but not dominant in the pre-MMA decades. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, a lot of people factor in his size, but I, I was on a thing with Boxing Library, and I think he made some good points as well that uh, yeah. Fury had trouble with uh, the likes of, say, Steve Cunningham, who was about 6'3", you know, was yeah, really a blown-up heavyweight in, in some sense. And Fury, you know, he was still kind of developing himself in that time frame, but... Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the guys train for uh, bigger guys, you know, the yeah. likes of Tyson and stuff. Of course, he was always gonna be the shorter fighter in pretty much every fight, so that didn't stop him from doing what he did, you know. Yeah, he's so big that I think before he would have been outboxed by those best guys, like you know, let's say Paul Holyfield or. Uh, yeah. Who else was there? Lewis, even Lewis, who is a little bit bigger, but still not so huge anyway. Lewis mm -hmm. Holfield, uh yeah, I me, mean, I don't know, Chris Bird would have been too small, maybe, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he could have won like that. Chagai yeah, stylistically, yeah. stylistically, Chris Bird had the skills to potentially yeah. outbox him, but size wise, yeah, I think that would have been the primary factor. 
that would be just really uh wow <laughs> like a circus fight almost <laughs> yeah a, a year or so ago chris bird was talking about uh coming back at middleweight he, here at 50 something years of age he looked good he's in shape um but i guess it yeah. kind of died down <laughs> <laughs> maybe for one fight i think it's all right like when uh virgil hill came back for one fight only that's all and oh won. yeah yeah <laughs> And easy yeah, we get fight every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Razor Radok, well, he had like three fights. He, yeah. Yeah, these guys, uh, yeah, these guys are gonna have to chill out with that kind of come yeah. back. So shout out Melissa Ty. Appreciate you dropping in. Appreciate you Hello, dropping Melissa. in. Hello. Hello. <laughs> That's funny. And That's well, you heard, maybe you heard about Mike Tyson uh, wanting to fight Jake Paul. That was pretty hilarious <laughs> yeah yeah they were throwing that stuff out there or at least uh logan i think it was logan paul they were talking about oh, yeah. uh, him taking on that brother but yeah i think tyson would have uh, given him that work even at this age and tyson yeah, was just like nah, i'm not, not gonna do it. <laughs> he's uh, i don't think he's doing anything with uh triller anymore that's where it was gonna be but triller you know they have come in I guess they got a lot of financial backing because they come in with some of these kind of crazy mashup cards or whatever. And, you know, it seemed cool at first, uh, but yeah, some of them as yeah. of late have been kind of uh, out there in a sense. And yeah, and, starting to get just too, you know, cartoonish to outplay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they have to load them with uh, real fights, I think, if they want to pull in the true boxing fan. Jake Paul could win only if he just stayed away from Tyson the whole time. If he just jabbed from the outside because he is younger, you know, so he's got better stamina and faster, you know. Uh, but if he tried to, you know, punch, uh, punch him, he would uh, get knocked out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Melissa, you're right. Tyson does still have hands. Uh, he does. Obviously. He, does. <laughs> he proved no that recently. <laughs> we threw that on an airplane. Just <laughs> that was light work right there. Definitely light work. <laughs> uh, minor span coming in every day, nowhere near over for the sport. Yep, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, then, Vinny, we need work networks to broadcast up and coming fighters again on weekends. Hey, yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, I think that uh, Showbox, the new generation, is probably uh, the best platform right now at least as far as how they showcase these up-and-coming guys who don't have that big name yet they've always done pretty good with their matchups their matchmaking i believe and and that has uh proved to uh showcase some really good guys who ended up becoming mainstays or, or true players in the sport so i like what they do there and i'd like to definitely see more show about the generation uh shows for sure and I missed the ESPN Friday Night Fights, which was sort of the same yeah. type of breeding ground for some of these up-and-coming guys. Friday Night Fights, Tuesday Night Fights. Yeah, then they had yeah, some Tuesdays and, Tuesdays and some Wednesdays and all that stuff. Yeah, Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, those were good. The format has kind of changed now, you know, of course, and with ESPN doing the deal with Top Rank, we get more of that. So you're getting legitimate stuff. Um 
and and you know they do put some of the uh, up and comers on there and all that stuff. So I think you know it's been a slight shift, but still strides being made. There are a lot of uh, top caliber uh, prospects that are out there, and it's always good to get them an opportunity to get some shine as we think towards building the star of the future. You know. Hmm. Yeah, I think the zone has changed so much. You know. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I like the zone. I think for the overall production, I, I, I really do. I'm fond of the yeah, zone. Uh, really generous. I mean, to, <laughs> I mean, if you compare their prices with HBO and Showtime, it's really, well, it's another world. Just another yeah, world. yeah, definitely. I, you know, they. Uh, I know when they first came out, the intent was not to do a pay-per-view, but it looks like this... Um, Upcoming Canelo versus Bivol fight is going to be a zone pay per view, and even yeah. if you are a subscriber, say for instance, like I'm a subscriber, it looks like it's going to be a pay per view for everyone, subscribers yeah. included, from what it looks like. Yeah, but you know, I think it's good to have a channel uh, that's just for boxing because, like me, I really don't want to watch that many. <laughs> don't like watching so many sports, so. I don't want to like have to pay for a sports channel because I only want to watch boxing, you know. But that's what yeah. you you had to do before, you know. So pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it kind of turned into that, you know. I've talked to we talk about this all the time in terms of uh, I know here me and uh, my girlfriend, for instance, and others. Uh, the fact that you know we ditched cable we ditched cable a long time ago probably back in 2011 2012 time frame yeah. so now you with all of the streaming platforms that are out there it's kind of added back up to like you're yeah. having cable or whatever yeah. <laughs> so it's all interesting the prices were just no too much outrageous so. yeah so i ended up having to get um so the zone showtime and then yeah. you know you have uh some yes. other ones out there that show something ESPN yeah. plus, you know, so I, I had to get them all to be able to watch boxing, but yeah, it is pretty crazy. Yeah. And uh, like to see more, some of some more of these cross promotional matchups that has always mm. been a thing that has kind of hindered some, of some good fights from being made as well, but they do it yeah. for certain fighters or whatever. I think if the fighters really wanted it, they could get them to make it happen. I would say, but Hey, if you're getting, uh, proper payday by fighting the guys from your stable then yeah why well, go through the trouble right that right. seems to be the mentality at least <laughs> Vinny, Vinny 66 i personally watched mike tyson destroy sparring for i think uh oh, good stuff uh Vinny. yeah i know you mentioned you used to box uh that is good stuff indeed i bet that was uh cool to see We'll get these sort of sparring videos that crop up uh of tyson there are a lot of them out there you could just see that he was intense he was he was intense even in sparring, as you mentioned. I could imagine, yeah. I can only imagine getting in there trying to spar with this guy because it looked like he didn't hold back. <laughs> I just thought about how many people claim to have knocked him down in sparring. You know, that's pretty ridiculous. It yeah. Like hey. Almost everybody, whoever sparred with Mike Tyson, they knocked him down. Like, come on, how is that possible? <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah, maybe that's sort of like the battle, but ultimately Tyson seems to have won the war, you know? Yeah, <laughs> even <laughs> if you have knocked him down once, then it doesn't mean you knocked him out, right? 
It would be Melissa Ty. It would be interesting to see Amazon or Netflix take up boxing. You know, you make a great point. You make a great point. That could potentially Maybe happen. Amazon. You know, <laughs> yeah, Amazon. They uh, they I bought the rights. Will want to do that? <laughs> but you know, Amazon. They bought the rights to. I yeah. want to say Thursday night football. So it's going to be an Amazon Prime thing. And I know yeah, football is more so big here in America. Branching but, out, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I could see them, you know, getting more into the sports side of things. So that mm. may not, that may be something that uh becomes more of a possibility as we move as we move forward. Even Netflix, because the things I've been seeing as of late, as it relates to Netflix, is them losing a ton of subscribers, and they're really taking a yeah. hit as far as uh their overall value or valuation or whatever it may be. Mm. And Hey, I could see a potential for the likes of Netflix taking on some sporting stuff. Um, I think that could I mean, be a change that boosts them back somewhat. Yeah. And yeah, if you think about it, when they released that uh, documentary, the last dance, that was a huge hit, you know, everybody oh, was yeah. talking about like about the bulls and Jordan and, yeah, so there you go. <laughs> and that was uh, I think that was it. Was that ESPN's uh production? Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah, yeah. I and then I know that. they share the rights and all of that stuff, and it floats around. But yeah. yeah, I think that is pretty interesting. I know Hulu, another platform out there, they have live sports in some capacity. I don't That's necessarily it. subscribe yeah. to it. I do have like one of those like basic accounts. Um, I remember you know this woman that I know. Uh, the future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Your lips can do a whole lot more than kiss. Your lips express love and speak your truth. Plump your lips with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC for natural-looking results that are completely and uniquely you. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there is a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. She's like, uh, well, you might say family, but not really family. But anyway, she's like very like a bookish type, but she had watched that show and she comes to me once and have you seen that show about Michael Jackson? I was like, no. No, you mean Michael Jordan? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he was like very excited about talking about yeah. it. So MJ. <laughs> yeah. that is funny. Michael Jackson, you know those MJs. Yeah, uh, Marv Albert's reaction to seeing Salvador Sanchez for the first time was proof of the impact of network exposure. Yeah, hey, you, you, hey you're right in that regard. Um, 
I don't know so, which fight that was. I'm familiar with uh, Salvador. I like him. I think stylistically, he's a hell of a fighter. Um, and of course, I saw him with. Uh, I've seen his fight with uh, both the Zuma Nelson and. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, uh, Wilfredo Gomez. Gomez, Bazooka. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two. So if it was one of those fights, then heck yeah, I think that would have. That definitely is like a plus, a plus as far as networks taking on fights such as that or fighters like that who are building up something special. Yeah. And Salvador, Salvador, he was a special fighter without a doubt. Um, mm, yeah, yes. unfortunate, you know, he didn't get to Such advance in his career yeah. further because of uh, yeah. the unfortunate plane crash or something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah he was a great was fighter. Leaving. Yeah, that was a traffic accident, I think. Or a traffic accident, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, he but he was a he was a hell of a fighter without a doubt. Really, um, one of the best out of Mexico. Yeah. To uh, I mean, he had achieved all that by the time I think he was twenty four. So wow, that was. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and someone commented on one of my. Oh yeah, that was on. I got to do it on. I think it was Candy on Instagram. I had posted something of uh, Pancho Villa, who. Uh, had packed well, a lot yeah. into a six-year career. He had defeated uh, Jimmy well, Wilde, of was, course. Yeah, his career was really epic also. Yeah, yeah and he, and I think he was like 23 or 24. Yeah. When he passed away. Or he died he from this, uh, yeah, ulcerated tooth or, or not one, yeah. but several. Yeah, he had like something Yeah, I had like saw that. something. Yeah, he was, he was getting, yeah, tooths or something pulled or maybe or something yeah. like that. Then I think they gave him some kind of anesthetic that he was allergic to or something, and that that's why he died. That's yeah. pretty. Uh, that's pretty crazy. You know, you've seen some eerie similar stories with some of the boxers from that. Yeah. From back then, of course, with like Harry Greb and Tiger Flowers, a similar situation. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there are others out there who've had that had to do with anesthesia, which is, uh, I guess, Ooh. pretty dangerous. Um. Especially more so back, yeah, then. back then. Yeah, back then it was definitely, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and these were young guys and this was happening. Yeah, it was tragic. <clears throat> Heavyweight package that may have knocked him down. He slipped a lot because of the sheer explosion he generated. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. This is uh, yeah. Yeah, Iron Mike. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> he, he, he was that type of guy. Yeah, it was, it was amazing looking back at some of his stuff. I mean, the way he put his combinations together, it was some explosive yeah. work. Yeah, when you when I watched that fight against Goloda, for instance, he was like, "Oh yeah," when he lands that, that was like being hit by I don't know, uh, an airplane or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That Tyson, you know, this was the version of Tyson who was really, he was just pretty much loading up on stuff at that particular yeah. time. Uh, and he and, was yeah. like, I, I think he kind of, that punch pierced the bone in the head of Bogolota. Come on, that's crazy, really. Wow, that's yeah, why I just he, saw that recently in terms of that knockout on one of these shorts <laughs> that was floating around. It was just a, it was one for the ages for sure. Just, yeah. <laughs> To talk about full force, like, yeah. Nobody. That's why Tyson is one of my favorites uh, all time for sure. Yeah, and he He's was a tough fighter. guy. Yeah, that guy. I mean, Lota was a tough guy, so you could mm -hmm. see he he had to quit for a reason, you know. So yeah, friends felt that, that something was not right, you know, inside the head. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, oh yeah, Galata. So I was I was thinking of uh, Francois uh, Bolta, but yeah, oh, you talked about Volta, Galata. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, both of them, but both of them were explosive. Uh, he was Tyson was explosive in both of those. Um, oh yeah, both the fight was just. <laughs> yeah, Galata. Yeah, I don't know what the deal was. Some would argue he was a head case in some sense. Yeah, he did have some kind of issues. I don't, I'm not sure what. When he fought Danny Lopez the first time, he completely dominated a popper and an excellent champion. Yeah. Okay, so. Danny cool. Lopez, I yeah. I think he had made like eight defenses before that, Danny Lopez, and he beat guys like David Cote and, you know, some really good guys, good fighters. Cool. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Good stuff, indeed. So I had – um. Another thing I had on a list, now this goes way back, way, way back, but, you know, like sometimes talking about the way back, but uh, oh, yeah, that's, John that's L. Cool. Sullivan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the toughest SOB ever. <laughs> first recognized world heavyweight champion, I guess, in uh, boxing, even though, you know, there have been the likes of... Uh, other forms of uh, boxing or fighting, yeah. I guess you could say, that were taking place. But I guess this really kind of ties to the uh, Mark Queensbury <laughs> rule. So I just yeah. put a video up uh, here, uh, Slavin, in terms of released it on the page of, um, yeah, how John L. Sullivan changed boxing. Uh, and it really just kind of touches on his fight with Patty Ryan in 1882 and then his 1889 matchup with Jake Kilrain. Which were both, um, they were both bare knuckle fights. Yeah. Uh, and, but he was he very was much there. a uh, glove fighter, a Marcus of Queensbury fighter. Well, I didn't, I didn't know he only lost one fight. That was the last one to Corbett. Jeez. Yes, yes, yes. And he was uh he was uh, he was past it at that particular point. He was yeah. only probably like 32 at the time or something like that. But he had a wild lifestyle, you know. He had a pretty right. wild lifestyle, a lot of drinking, and who knows what. And he like had... Max, like Max Bear pretty much. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Max. Yeah, Max was uh goofy. Yeah, he's one of those guys. <laughs> but Sullivan, yeah, he got into some uh trouble at times for his uh drinking and all right and, and you know assaulting people in public that type mm. of stuff uh so mm. he was really he was really a mess there at one particular point so when he fought corbett he was coming off of a layoff and uh mm. he was actually not in the best of shape because he had right. been working in his previous fight with uh with Jake Kilrain, William Muldoon, who was this uh, one of those uh, wrestlers from Greco-Roman style wrestlers from back in the day, who was very successful, so he trained mm -hmm. him for that Kilrain fight, and uh, and Sullivan was able to you know go seventy plus rounds, I believe it was, mm -hmm. it was like two two plus wow. hour fight, but he <laughs> was a, a bit of a shell of himself when he fought Corbett there in eighteen ninety two. And of yeah. course, he never fought again after that. He did do some exhibitions and that type of stuff, but um, he did, uh, he did, uh, of course, um, not fight anything of significance thereafter. Um, right. And then, uh, Vidi sixty six. When Harry Greb and Stanley Ketchel died, the doctors were instructed to start counting over them, and they would mm -hmm. get up. 
<laughs> that's that's funny. <laughs> yeah, both tough cookies right there. Yeah, both, both some tough oh. SOVs. Yeah, um, yeah, both a crazy story. You know, and this is something that's been shared. Yeah, boxers. There's a lot of uh, great stories for uh, boxers in the past. They were doing going through some pretty crazy stuff uh, in those particular times. But yeah. um, I would say, yeah, in, and with the Sullivan thing. So yeah, the video touches on sort of how he changed boxing and really it was a matter of the police gazette was the big paper at the time and there was sort of a ongoing battle between he and this guy Richard Kyle Fox who was over the police gazette and it had to do something to do with uh, Sullivan I guess stiffing him at some bar or something he came up to introduce himself or whatever and Sullivan kind of gaffed him off blew him away so therefore they would have sort of a back and forth rivalry. So uh, Fox never truly recognized him as the world heavyweight champion in a police gazette. And he's always bet against him for the most part. Uh, but uh, he ended up, um, you know, defeating Jake Kilrain in what was the big fight at the time that con was considered to be the passing of the torch in some sense in crowning the world heavyweight champion. And, he did so, and that's how he eventually was recognized as the sort of lineal champion. Um, thanks, Rodolfo. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's uh, some stories. Yeah, it just kind of touches on that rivalry between, I would say, more so Sullivan and uh, Richard Kyle Fox. Uh, but, of course, there are some fights tied to that as well. Um, but, yeah, it's very interesting times, you know. And to think about Ooh. Sullivan, I, I like Sullivan, but, yeah, he was uh, – I think he was probably a little bit more, uh, he, you know, he was probably a brawler without a doubt. I think he had probably had a few tricks to the trade that probably weren't super special and, and, and advanced as it could have been. But I think he probably had some wrinkles that were a bit more than just that sort of brawler-esque type of uh, aspect. But that being said, uh, there were some fighters he didn't face ultimately during his reign while he is recognized as the best. Yeah. And he only has that one loss, uh, at least on paper to Corbett. Um, he didn't face the likes of uh, Peter Jackson, the black Prince, Peter Jackson, you know, he was born in the West Indies, but really took up Australia as his home. Him, yeah. uh, George Godfrey, the original George Godfrey, who I heard that there was a fight at one time sort of lined up and they were about to go and then police came and uh, broke it up before they could actually do anything. So that would have been a good one. And then uh, there were other, so it wasn't just those, that, but there were other even like white fighters, say for instance, Irish uh, Peter Marr. He didn't take on him. Peter Marr is a great fighter from back in the 1800s or late 1800s. Oh, yeah. And he didn't uh, he didn't get a shot at uh, Sullivan's title. Then you had like Frank Slavin, this Australian guy, as well as some others that were out there um, who were all in the mix and in and around uh, the heavyweight division at that particular time. But he was able to, you know, Sullivan become a superstar. He was at one point probably the most popular in America, popular person in America, uh, just by virtue of boxing sort of being at a high point and it would uh, of course go to even higher heights um and that kind of worked in his uh worked in his favor as the sport was kind of continually to evolve and develop at that time into something that was more widely accepted i would say uh but yeah you know, i kind of get into that stuff from back then you know 
Yeah, that's pretty far back in history, of course. <laughs> <laughs> as far back as you can go in boxing history. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, a lot of people uh, don't know about the, a lot of the stuff tied to that, um, to the times yeah. back then. But, hey, those were some tough times, of course. <laughs> there were definitely yeah. some tough times. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> There was, of course, a strong the Irish tradition, you know, and with uh, bare knuckle fighting, and then, of course, boxing. <laughs> Many of those guys they went on, and uh, yeah, and yeah, translated into boxing. How do you say? Or went, yeah, <laughs> from bare knuckling to boxing. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was the case. It was um. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of that that uh happened. Yeah. Oh yeah, Sullivan referred to the Felice Gazette Championship belt as a dog collar. <laughs> cool, cool, good stuff. Mm. Yeah, I know there was the yeah that kind of ties to that beef, that ongoing beef. I think Sullivan eventually um and I know there was a championship uh, belt that some fans had made of his as well. He ran into some uh financial issues uh later in life but he was able to recover from it somewhat um by the time he was truly old and uh, eventually died or whatever but uh yeah he that rivalry was probably one of the more premier here in the sport of boxing they're thinking about a lot of people don't know of it though um as far as his rivalry with the police gazette uh in some sense and that, i think that's what kind of helped to build up his uh stardom or build up his stars in a sense uh, because of that, with a lot that was transpiring through the papers at that particular time, but yeah. um, it's it's definitely uh definitely some good and interesting stuff. I wouldn't mind seeing a movie made of uh Sullivan's career in some sense. I think it would have a lot of uh highs and lows uh in the drama department that would make for a pretty exciting uh exciting watch. Yeah. Just wondering, looking at his picture, wondering who could play him. <laughs> there are certainly several candidates. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Maybe, uh, you know, yeah, I'm sure they can find an actor out there that looked like him. But if they wanted to go with a boxer, maybe they could go with old Spike Sullivan. Spike O'Sullivan. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he seems sure to have the makeup be, right now. He would have loved to get that role, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think that he could definitely be one. Mustache. Such a fine mustache they will have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he could. Because, you know, when they made the Ali movie, you know, James Tony was uh, yeah, crazy. And I thought that yeah. was a good casting somewhat. Well, even though he doesn't really look like him, but still, uh, yeah, it was right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah to get the, get a true feel for, you know, if you want to get a real boxer in there, then, yeah, it, it was a good sort of casting. But, yeah, he yeah. didn't look like him per se. Um, Rodolfo, <laughs> a Sam Langford movie would be awesome, too, or even Jack Johnson. Hey, I totally agree. Uh, supposedly, yeah. there is a, a Jack Johnson movie yeah. that I've heard being tossed really out there in the works. Yeah, or that there was also one that came out in the 70s, 67, I don't know, something like that. Oh yeah, Jack Johnson movie. Yeah, there was. I'm gonna have to look that up. Miles Davis he did the the music actually. I think for that movie. Yeah, Miles. I'm gonna Davis. have to look that up. <laughs> yeah, 
to, so, that, that is interesting. But yeah, I think a new age version of uh, a Jack Johnson movie, considering where we yeah. are now, would be pretty uh, awesome and epic. So I don't know. I think this movie yeah, right. is actually something legitimate. It's they got the guy who uh, I know his last name is Ali, uh, but I think he's a good casting. Uh, I'm gonna see what is it, like Marshall or something like that. Oh yeah, that's right. He's a very good actor, Mahershala. Yeah. Yeah, Mahershala Ali. So he's... yeah, that was thrown out there. So I don't know where they are with the movie, just from mm. an overall perspective. But, Interesting. Um... I didn't know that. Yeah, I think he could pull it off. Yeah, I mean he will. <laughs> he's a very good actor anyway. Yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah. how. I don't know how much he looks like Johnson, but. Uh doesn't really matter that much yeah yeah it's not a you know definitive uh, uh sort of one for one as far as the look of uh johnson yeah. but i think they could definitely work around that i think he's a, a great enough actor that yeah he can bring will, johnson's will personality to life will smith didn't look like anything like ali either so yeah <laughs> he was yeah. still praised for that performance so yeah yeah, yeah, you're you're right. Maybe the guy there's this movie called One Night in Miami where this guy played Ali in that movie, and he he looked probably a bit more like Ali than oh, Will yeah, Smith did. Yeah, yeah, you know, I gotta check it out myself. But yeah, it's called One Night in Miami. It really focuses on more so. Um, and Mark, yeah, Mark Wahlberg didn't look like Mickey Ward really. So, either, so. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and um. But I think it worked because uh, probably not a people, not a lot of people knew what Mickey Ward really looked like. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he very didn't. Irish, very Irish. <laughs> well, as uh, Tristan Bell didn't really look like the brother, but yeah, he worked out. But he did really nail his, uh, you know, his move. I mean, everything the way he he jumped around in the ring and all that. I I, I yeah. watched that. The real, the real Dicky Eklund. He's Simply, yeah, yeah, yeah Dickie Eklund, yeah, that's the same as yeah, yeah. He he did a good, uh, but yeah, it was a. I thought it was a great movie, well put together. I also thought that the Cans of Stone movie was very good, well put together yeah. as well. And I the guy, um, you know, I could see him as Duran somewhat. You know, I thought it was yeah. very good. Even though he wasn't the first choice, I believe there was a Mexican actor who was gonna who actually really resembles Duran even more than uh, but I don't know why he wasn't cast. But this guy also did a good job. Uh but his name is yeah. Edgar Ramirez, yeah, that's right. Mm, look up the Irish He's travelers cool. bare knuckle fights as a comparison to Sullivan's era. Hmm, I'll have to look that up for sure. Yeah, you know, we actually have a guy in the group who is undefeated Irish bare knuckle fighter, but he hasn't been very active. <laughs> that guy, yeah. James uh, Queen McDonough, yeah, very nice guy. You're going to have to check it out. I did see something, I think Vice did, maybe Vice News or whatever, they did something, or I saw something one time of some guy doing some bare knuckle stuff uh, uh, as well. I can't remember the yeah. full uh, degree of what was uh, actually being discussed and everything uh, or, 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 or who the individuals were and all of that. But I do remember seeing something of that tune. Uh, and I know they still did have you, some of that stuff going on. It's crazy. Did you, see what he, he, did, you, did you see what he looked like? Because if he was a bold and 
kind of no, it wasn't a ball. I feel like this guy had no. some hair. He had some All hair. Right. Then it's not jeans. Maybe it was his brother. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it could have potentially be. I, I occasionally still get a reminder of it, you know, when it pops up on my YouTube feed. Um, I right. haven't checked it out in a while. I'll have to look back into it. Good, good suggestion there, Vinny. So yeah, that bare knuckle stuff. They see that's a that's something. Uh, I don't know a ton about the uh, bare knuckle so, era <laughs> when you look at it from uh, really sort of dig into it in terms of who were the top guys back then and uh, how they went about everything. I, I know a little bit, and I think I've mentioned this before, just some of the uh, top names, the likes of uh, Tom Molyneux and Bill Richmond and Tom Cribb and uh, Mendoza, something Mendoza. I think I mentioned this in our last live, as a matter of fact. But um, I know those guys were really uh, – those some, guys are really putting in some tough work. Imagine, back if, imagine if there was a fire who called himself something, Mendoza. That's what <laughs> really funny. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. But something. Rodolfo Rivera, The Great White Hope is a movie I think you're referring to. I'm seeing the voice actor oh, yeah. Darth Vader in it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he was... I, I, uh, yeah, he was played by... But that wasn't really Johnson. That was about a fighter who kind of represented Jack Johnson, but it wasn't really, you know, he did, his name was not Johnson in the movie, not Jack Johnson. You know, oh, I, think okay. it, I, I haven't seen about, it. Yeah, I was talking, there is another movie actually that is about Jack Johnson. Directly. Is it a documentary or did they have people acting? I'm not sure. Really. I think maybe it was a documentary, but I'm not because there is, I did see, I yeah. had looked up something here and it says, uh, uh, Jack Johnson 1970 on IMDb. It says a documentary, yeah. On I think Jack that's Johnson. the one. If Miles Davis did the music, then that's the one because I know he uh, did, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah because great uh, white hope is like about J Johnson, but not directly, like you know. See, I haven't seen that, so I was wondering if it was about, um. Jim Jeffries, but maybe not. Uh, it's just about yeah, boxers in general during that uh, era who were who they were looking for the sort of the great white hope to dethrone uh, yeah. Johnson. Because in the end, he loses. You know, like Johnson lost to Jess Willard. Yeah, he loses to a really tall you know, white fighter like in that huge. movie. Yeah, in the movie. Okay. Who also has another name. He's not called Jess Willard, but he does represent Jess Willard. You know? Oh, so they used that. So they didn't use real boxer names in this movie. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. yeah. I guess that's sort of a rights thing, huh? Yeah, probably. I know James Earl Jones. He played uh, Jack Johnson. Okay. I like yeah, him. I see a little trailer here. Yeah, I do see him looking here. Yeah, he doesn't look like him, but. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course, that's just one of those things. Think, but that is pretty think, interesting. Yeah, James Jones is probably he did he did look pretty much like Johnson. I think he's about the same height even as Johnson, so he was a good choice, even though he did not, uh, yeah, directly play Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> I'm seeing a picture here. Yeah, it's not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, yeah, he does have somewhat a decent look. I'm gonna have to check that out, you know, because I haven't. Mm -hmm. I know there's a uh, Jack Dempsey movie out there as well. I had started to watch, but I haven't watched it. Uh, uh, I only got yeah. maybe a few minutes in, but it's Dempsey, like, uh, yeah. yeah, it's like a real. 
I guess, um, one that covers his career or something. Uh, I know it's on YouTube. I, I forget what it, I think it's just called Jack Dipsy or something like that. But right. I'm gonna, I need to fully check that out to kind of see what it uh, ultimately uh, touches on because I don't know yeah. what all is uh, covered in there. Boxing movies sell, you know, go, I think become pretty uh, like uh, in again because now you had also the fighter, you had also the movie about yeah. uh, Vinny Paz, you know. Just oh yeah, I still need to. Uh, I still need yeah. to watch that. Yeah, that's uh, bleed for it or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need to watch that. I do still need to watch this. Watch and that. I think also, bleed for this. Of course, the Creed movies, even though that was a lot of fictional character, was still. Oh yeah, those have you know seemingly done pretty well, you know, carrying mm. on that Rocky story in some sense. So I do, yeah. I did like the way those were put together. Um, That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen a Disney movie, too. even a Marciano. See, I didn't know there was a Marciano one out there. I, I'm not sure which. I know there's one which where that guy John. Uh, Favreau place him. That's from like '98 or something. I have seen that one. Uh, not the entire movie, but I've seen a lot of it. Anyway. Mm. It's, cool, cool. It's I'm gonna have to check that decent. out. If you, if you know yeah. the name of that Rodolfo, feel free to share that Marciano movie. Uh, or I'm gonna look it up here eventually as well. And then yeah, uh Vinny sixty six, a great documentary of Jack Justin Life is unforgivable forgivable yeah, black. Yeah, I've seen that. I did think it was pretty good. You know, I had someone on um, uh Facebook tell me who seemed who I know is a knowledgeable guy. He said that uh he felt that it was a terrible movie and it uh told a lot of lies. I don't know. <laughs> but uh I thought it was good. I'm I'm there with you, uh Vinny. In terms of unforgivable like, blackness, I thought it was pretty good. Like with Sugar Ray Robinson, right? I mean, some of those documentaries were just, you know, praising him made to, to looking good. While there are also yeah. some who say he wasn't really that nice, you know, to guy in in reality, you know, in real life. So yeah, I, you know, I've seen some uh, that uh, have alluded to it in some sense that uh, he had some uh, had a darker side to him. And yeah. it seemed to allude to some like domestic violence type stuff, you know. Oh wow! I didn't but know that. They didn't really touch on it, you know. They just kind of oh. allude to it in what I've seen. So I don't know the full yeah. gist of it, but I've seen it referenced. I think the bo best boxing movie is still the Raging Bull. That's my opinion, anyway. With Jake Lamotta, that he. It's oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I know that's a classic one. I still need to watch yeah. it. I gotta be honest. I need to watch it. Uh, De Niro played. Uh, yeah, he's such a perfect, you know, character to make a movie about. I mean, boxer. Jake you, Lamar, so you liked uh, Raging Bull? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. Well, good stuff, then. So yeah, I need to check it out. You know, I've I've been saying that for years that I'm going to check it out, but I haven't sat down to do it. No, uh, there's a scene story. where he complains to his brother, I have small hands, he says, what can I do with this? <laughs> and that's probably the reason why he didn't, you know, he couldn't really hit so hard. So I think probably yeah. because his hands were too small. too small. He could certainly take a shot. Yeah, well, <laughs> you can see 100%. <laughs> you yeah, can take that to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> without a doubt.
Vinny 66, they should cast former Titans running back Eddie George as Jack Johnson. He's Johnson's job. Oh, yeah, Eddie George. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can, I can see that. Yeah, Eddie George is a big guy as well in terms of uh, size-wise. Um, not yeah, quite 6'3", but um, – or no, so Johnson was only like six foot. Maybe some have suggested he was six foot one. So, yeah, that is pretty yeah. adequate size comparison. Kind of like uh, Sonny Liston, I think, in that same range, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like uh, Sonny Liston. He's one of my favorite uh, heavyweights yeah. of the past. He just so happened to be from Arkansas as well, just where I'm from. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's a oh, tough, tough guy. Yeah, it's a live-action movie. I think it came out in 1999. The movie name is just his name. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Rocky Marciano movie. Yeah, it's, I have seen it. Yeah, I, I also found out some things I didn't know about him and his career, so that was good. Yeah. So this was uh, 99. Oh, yeah, I see it here on YouTube. I'll have to check it out. John so, Favreau. Um, <laughs> Doesn't so really look like him, but he did pretty good. Uh, yeah. Okay, oh. so I made this little video on Harry Half, who is that guy who was uh, the oh, Holocaust you, survivor. He fought yeah. Rocky Marciano. So I'm guessing he's in there. I need to watch it. As uh, a matter of fact, I might try to watch that today. But... um. It's called The Survivor, so it's a new one. I think it focuses on the full gist of Harry Hess, uh story. I had just found out about him. I didn't really know of him, uh, but he's yeah. a heck of a heck of a guy in terms of what he went through and was able to still become uh, a professional boxer. Yeah, James Earl Jones. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, that's right. He lost in three rounds in '49. I see now. Yeah, he only had a two-year career. It was like 48 through 49, but he packed in some different fights. He took on – so his best two fights or two notable opponents were uh, Ron Starza and uh, Rocky Marciano. The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Your lips can do a whole lot more than kiss. Your lips express love and speak your truth. Plump your lips with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC for natural-looking results that are completely and uniquely you. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there is a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. He was really a light heavyweight, it seems like, more like, mm-hmm. because he was only five foot nine, you we'll see, so he wasn't... Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, more so that, but he was a tough guy, so apparently he had a bunch of fights uh, while he was in this uh, concentration camp, over 70... Yeah, he was- uh, Fight. Really kind of, yeah, 
quite uh, strong, uh, strongly built. Yeah, yeah he had solid size to him. Yeah, a solid build to him. So I think that is interesting. I yeah. think he probably just learned to fight by having to fight in those concentration camps. But to make it through what he made it through, that's yeah. pretty, uh, uh, pretty that crazy. enough to, yeah, to really make him kind of strong. Yeah. Xavier the Boxing Nerd, welcome. Appreciate you dropping in, buddy. Shakur did great last night. I read about the fight. Haven't seen any clip or picture yet. I know that there's no dis- Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we were discussing that. There is no dispute whatsoever. There's not a case that can be made for uh, Oscar Valdez. The only thing you can make a case for is maybe he won Valdez. two rounds <laughs> as opposed to one. Uh, yeah, you know, I only Ooh, gave this got robbed, though. <laughs> yeah, but... like, oh, oh, what kind of decision? <laughs> I actually, uh, and maybe I missed something, but I actually didn't give Valdez a single round. Uh, but some gave wow. him one or two, you know. So, but you never know, it depends on what you're looking for. I, I just thought that uh, it was a throw out boxing, but yeah, Valdez, yeah. man, he, he looked very ordinary know. last night. Yeah. I have to watch that fight. I thought, you know, when he was uh, thinking about, I mean, considering some of those allegations he had, you know, about steroids and stuff, I thought maybe his his mind was just not in the right place now. And maybe, yeah. maybe that's a part of it, why he lost so convincingly anyway, you know. Yeah, so I, I did feel I did feel that uh that Shakir might have gotten to his head. Somewhat too. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Shakir like backed it up <laughs> with Tofino and Cambosos. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Xavier the Boxner, I did it because I was too tired last night and also proved a point that footage is not needed if there's adequate coverage of a fight. 100%, yeah. uh, Xavier, 100%. A lot of the stuff that I see. So, when I'm making these videos on 86, this 86 boxing page, on like how good X boxer was such and such or whatever I go through and uh, I try and find what coverage is out there. Like a lot of the stuff that I put in there comes from the newspapers coverage. Uh, I use uh, mainly chronicling America, which is the library of Congress here or it's back metal library of Congress for here in the U S or whatever. And a lot of those guys had excellent coverage back in the day, newspaper coverage. So, yeah, of course, you didn't need film. And, yeah, people who make that argument, I think they're just being short-sighted because, uh, for instance, if it was referen- if a fighter is referenced as being a top-caliber fighter by some of the sort of big names in the world of media, even before you've seen this fighter, um, you can make an assumption that, hey, yeah, he probably is pretty – pretty damn good you know and it's the same thing back there you had all these the the top level media companies newspapers at, at that particular time covering these fighters so they really were in depth with what they uh put down there so i've gone through a ton of them and they did have better coverage even more so than some of the fighters get today here in the modern times you know because they're they're guys who are you know in or around this or, or who are some sort of near that top level of the sport who don't get as much coverage as uh one would expect and and that's even here today yeah. with all of the stuff that is available and of course fans are going to be picky and choosy on what they check out so a lot of those guys who use that little footage argument i think they're short-sighted for sure yeah. hmm, definitely yeah 
subconsciously people can give some pity around because they didn't look as horrible for <laughs> one of the dozen rounds. Yeah. Give some that pity. can happen, yeah. Pity round. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that can happen. You're right. Uh, you're right. Yeah, I think that's one of those things, too. I know I've done that before in the past. I was like, oh, he did land a, a few things <laughs> there, so maybe. But, yeah, I, I know think... that's not the way to go, really. Yeah, that's what uh, after that Pacquiao Margarito fight, you know, when uh, when uh, Stewart and the, and Lamp, uh, Lampley were talking, and then Lampley was kind of feeling sorry about Margarito. And, yeah, he did win at least one round, didn't he, Emmanuel? And he goes, yeah, he won uh, uh, the seventh round. <laughs> it was like obvious that he was yeah. uh, just <laughs> giving him that one round. <laughs> yeah, so Valdez, he looked like a, uh, yeah, it was no question. He just looked like a beaten fighter last night. And yeah, yeah to go that many rounds and just have absolutely no success for the most part. Yeah, it's tough. Mm. Vinny, unfortunately, most uh, fighters' darker side is what makes them fighters. I would much rather have seen a good artist. Uh, it hurts. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you are correct, uh, Vinny. Yeah. I mean, those are the stories that bring about the appeal uh, and. And, of course, you know, some of those guys back then, even some now, you know, but back then for sure, yeah, yeah. the stories that led them to, of course, joining the ranks of becoming a fighter, which yeah. isn't necessarily a glamorous thing. Yeah, there's some pretty crazy stuff. Uh, you had so, that guy boxing out of jail, like James Scott, you know, light heavyweight from the 70s. He was... <laughs> oh, yeah. in jail and having fights there like you know he beat eddie mustafa muhammad actually in jail oh like, wow jail. i didn't know that that's pretty yeah, it was really good but that's what it's the tragedy he was just such a while i mean yeah <laughs> such uh how do you call it no he just was a true true born criminal I mean. yeah so, yeah that's crazy that is pretty uh, crazy. So yeah, Sony Liston had uh, yeah he has a story of a uh, pretty uh, pretty crazy some crazy yeah. stuff in his uh, younger also. younger I mean, days. That that movie Hurricane I thought it was so historically inaccurate because it oh, yeah? <laughs> portrayed Carter as a true like almost like a saint you know. But okay. I mean I read about him a lot and seen some also documentaries. Well, one anyway, and they say he was really, I mean, uh, always kind of up to no good before he became a boxer, also. Uh, oh, yeah, Ruben yeah. Hurricane Carter. Yeah, yeah you know, really, that might have definitely been the case. Yeah. yeah, he had a nasty dark side, definitely. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I remember I the movie, he... and I know a little bit about him, but yeah, I haven't looked a ton into yeah. him, but definitely remember the movie. It was a, it was a, it was a good movie as far as uh, for what it yeah. was uh, worth as far as how it they was, put together story yeah, and all that stuff. But, yeah, as a movie, yeah. But I just felt they were a little too, you know, too generous, and also how they show the the Joey Jardello fight, like Carter oh, yeah. just pounding him like bloody, old, you know, and he doesn't get the decision, you know, and that's that's not really what happened in the real fight, I think. So, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I don't. I think I've seen some uh, uh, Hurricane Carter stuff. I don't know if I've seen yeah. that. It I've seen some clips good. on YouTube. I know they have some things. It was a hard, hard puncher, but uh, yeah. 
Cool. Maybe not, not such a technically great fighter. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know he had a tough uh, sort of resume as far as uh, or yeah. somewhat tough resume. He did fight some uh, pretty tough guys. He knocked uh, down Griffith in one round, actually. So yeah, and Emil, he was a beast. Emil <laughs> Griffith. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's a beast. Multi-time welterweight champion. But Dick Tiger be, kind of beat up Carter. That's what I know. <laughs> Dick oh yeah, Tiger. Dick Tiger, Nigerian. He's a uh, he was good. He was very yeah, good. Yeah, he was outstanding, really. Yeah, he was a uh, top caliber guy. But yeah, I'm with so, you, Rodolfo. Yeah, it did look like Oscar was ready to go. Uh, and yeah, it was. Uh, that's something we're pointing out as well. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to answer all those questions. It did go on for a good little bit. Yeah, he what should have just left. I, I think one should not have to, you know, answer in the ring anyway. You know, after they, if they don't feel like it, if they after they lose, you know. Yeah, like yeah. Holyfield you know, some do, some just dip out. Yeah. You know. Yeah, Holyfield. First time he lost to Bo, he 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 didn't want to. He so he answered the questions in his dressing room. So I thought that was fair, you know. Yeah, I've seen it happen on occasion. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, some are out of there. Yeah, you're right, Rodolfo. Master class, indeed. Master mm. freaking class. Xavier the Boxing Nerd. Yeah, I like Harry Greb. It's more time to read about his audience or, uh, yeah, than watching all of the Floyd fight. Yeah, okay. yeah. even without all of the other fight, read about Greb versus Tooney 1 and watch Tooney's other fight. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, uh, it, that should say enough right there. Just looking at the resume of uh, Harry Greb. I, for one, uh, view him as uh, pretty much having the best resume uh, top to bottom in the sport, you know, yeah. just looking at the history of it and all that stuff. Just look at the uh, number of ranked guys, number of Hall of Famers, just top caliber opponents he faced. Yeah, he, he has to be uh, like yeah. one of the two or three with the best resume. Langford is another one with one like that, but I think I would even put Harry Graves' resume slightly uh, over Langford's. Um, just in thinking about it, though Langford did have a better uh, sort of better outing at higher weights by comparison. Um, if but, you look at the totality of what he did, but yeah, Grab is an excellent resume. Yeah, reading some of that stuff is insane. Uh, but did uh, did uh, Grab and Tony fight at light heavyweight or heavyweight? I'm sure. Yeah, it was a uh, light heavyweight. Uh, oh yeah, heavyweight. right. So Grab yeah. never fought as a heavyweight because he was too small, too small for that. Yeah. I thought yeah, I don't I don't recall if he had maybe someone knows here. I know he fought some guys who competed so. at heavyweight, of course, with Tony yeah. being one of them. He fought Tommy Gibbons. I don't know yeah. if it was at uh heavyweight or whatever. Um yeah. Uh, but so, he did fight some guys who were who definitely competed and were true players right. at heavyweight. Hmm. Yeah, that was kind of common back then. You had like yeah. Um, those guys, Jack Delaney. Well, he did fight at heavy oh, yeah. for a while. Jack and uh, Gus, Gus Lesnovich, he actually also. Oh, yeah, Gus Lesnovich. Yeah, I know yeah. the name. I don't know a ton about uh, Delaney or Lesnovich, but I know of them and them being uh, true players in yeah. the sport for sure. That, yeah. that is definitely, hey, top caliber stuff. That's the stuff you have to take into account. When you look at these fighters, those resumes and all of that, mm. I'm pretty sure they got sued for libel by the Gallardo family for the fake narrative oh, of yeah. the fighting. Oh, yeah, yeah. maybe. 
Yeah, because they did actually present that fight as a total robbery. You know, I, I remember that. They, it, wow. You know, because... Wow, I'm going to have to look back. So I, when <laughs> yeah. I watched Hurricane Carter, it was back when I was somewhat younger. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if I knew enough about some of the guys who were fighting in and around that time. I hadn't dove into the historic aspect like that as of yet. So it'll be good to go back and check this out now and see who all kind of crops up in that movie. And, and, and I think I could have a better picture of some of the things because it has been a minute. And that guy, James Scott, he was also actually in jail for a while with Carter. So he sparred him. <laughs> so mm. he was the only guy who could last three rounds with uh but he was young, you know, Scott was young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Xavier DeBatner, yeah, you're correct. Uh yeah, he didn't have yeah, the luxury. Cool. Yeah, that that is uh that is true looking back on some of that stuff. I think yeah. uh boxing librarian does a good job of uh pointing that type of stuff out. Um yeah, pre pre-rankings era, a lot of these guys were putting in crazy amount of work uh that and yeah. he's, he's gone through the process, I know, of doing some stuff, constructing some of these rankings just based on the knowledge that he has and, and going through and doing the research and all that stuff. But that is true. Um, mm. And I know for part of Harry Graves' career, that was the case as well. So some of these guys, they, they, you can say they, they've even been shortchanged a bit because of such, you know. Mm. And, of course, you had the luxury of that today um, just because of – because of where we advance technology wise and then how stuff is out there. So it is uh it is pretty pretty crazy thinking about it. Yeah, Rodolfo in agreement. Yeah, yeah. We wish you there. Um yeah, it's like you you don't know who I mean he boxed uh <laughs> took it took them so long to discover you know Langford that he was very anonymous. It's like he boxed for nothing almost, uh, except for his own. Uh, yeah, know. yeah. It, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Most, you know, yeah. Yeah, I am happy that, you know, we get some footage of these guys. Um, there's a little bit out there. So it is good that we get to see how some of them were. Even the stuff um, you're reading is uh, top caliber. Like reading, because, you know, when some of the videos I make, you'll go back. The, this is touching on the reading aspect of it, but those guys yeah. were, man, those guys were in some tough situations, just fighting and all of that stuff. And you got to commend them because they're really, those were really some rugged fights. I think about um, like non-parial Jack Dipsy. He's the first Jack. Uh, yeah, non-parial. Yeah, the, the original Jack Dipsy, I guess you can say, from as yeah. far as boxing is concerned. Yeah, he but, is. Yeah, there's no video of him, but. Reading some of the stuff, man, it's a tough yeah. guy. Yeah, I believe he was from Ireland originally. I mean, yeah, he was born there and yeah, maybe even raised. So, yeah, he was fighting some top caliber guys. Uh, yeah, and uh, they were uh, doing stuff basically, he fought a lot of bare knuckle stuff as well. Yeah, for real, yeah, that's I heard of him first time, I think, a long time ago, but I never really, uh, so yeah. any footage or anything? So yeah. I don't know if there is any. Yeah, no, there not. No, there's not any footage. There are a few yeah. pictures out there. Uh, the only the closest thing to footage is in the little video I have of them. This little picture movement thing. 
you use this program oh. and you can see him. Well, you don't see anything, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, all you're seeing is his face moving and all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. Though he were you were seeing him alive in video, but yeah, they don't have any That's video just... footage. And unfortunately, he died of tuberculosis. He was only like 32 or whatever. The future will be amazing. And that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Your lips can do a whole lot more than kiss. Your lips express love and speak your truth. Plump your lips with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC for natural-looking results that are completely and uniquely you. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there is a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Oh, yeah. uh, or something like that at the time. So that's what cut his career short. And he'd already put in a lot of work. And he was regarded as uh, the top guy during that time. That's right. Probably even more so than uh Sullivan, because Sullivan, of course, was the heavyweight. But um, if you look at it just as far as if you, if you looked at sort of the popularity and who was the better fighter, of course, uh, non-parallel Jack Dempsey was a better fighter than John L. Sullivan, without a doubt. But he didn't have that same uh, popularity. It could be argued they were there sort of on par, but Sullivan did get the popularity. I think it's just because, you know, how the heavyweights is, mm. those big guys or whatever. Yeah, definitely. That but it, it's a argue, It's arguable that at no point in time, Sullivan was the best fighter in mm. the in the world. You know what I'm saying? It could be argued yeah. for sure. And especially the lowest, those lowest division. I mean, I discovered guys like Jimmy Carruthers, for instance, from Australia. I didn't know mm. he was a world champion. Actually, uh, <laughs> defeated. Uh, Victor, how is I don't know, Tawil, however his name is pronounced, mm. twice. Who is that? Uh, Jimmy Carruthers. Jimmy Carruthers. I don't know if I know him. A bantamweight from Australia. Oh, bantamweight. In the fifties, the early fifties. Okay, so, I'll have to check him out. He was like a very, you know, that kind of. Uh, Henry Armstrong uh, type fighter, oh, like very aggressive through all of punches. And, yeah. Okay. Mm. I see him. Yeah, he was Australian. Yeah. Good stuff, yeah. <laughs> Australia has produced some pretty good fighters. Uh, looking yeah. back, they have actually history. When you think of it, they don't really have so many uh, such a large 
population, or especially back then, they didn't have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's the name? Uh, Les Darcy. He was this great middleweight. Oh from yeah. Around the time of uh, the Harry Grepp was fighting as well. They never oh. got to fight, but he was only twenty-one, I believe, and he died of. Uh, I want to mm. say he had he got sick with the flu or something of that nature, and it ultimately oh, yeah. died. But it was something. It was right as he had he hadn't been in America that long, and and uh, there was talks of him facing Harry Grebb, but it never got to materialize. Um, yeah, would have been cool to see for sure. Yeah, a nice quote from Vinny. Boxing oh yeah, save me from myself. By taking time away from me to do the stupid thing, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm agree. I, I, I'm definitely in agreement with you there, uh, Vinny. That is good stuff, without a doubt. Uh, yeah, it's definitely better boxing in a gym training than you know going out and doing drugs and drinking and fighting, you know, in bars. <laughs> definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No Vinny, uh, if you hear, did you fight as a pro or just amateur? Well, if you hear that, you can definitely uh, let us know. Xavier the Boxing Nerd, Ron Richards was good in his time, too. He was ranked in the 40s film of the him fighting Archie Moore is on the internet. Okay, okay, Ron Richards versus Archie Moore. I have to check that out because I don't know of Ron Richards. Hmm, no, neither do I. <laughs> but, of course, uh, there are a ton of boxers out there, especially in the past, that People... Tiger Tiger Jack Fox is one I discovered. Tiger right? Jack Fox, I know the name for sure. Yeah, what a name! <laughs> really, a perfect fighting name if you think. Yeah, about Tiger Fox. <laughs> yeah, I see Ron Richards. I guess Ron Richards and uh, Archie fought twice, or, or at least two times, maybe even more. I don't know, but I see a second one popping up as well. Uh. Australian fight. Okay, okay, cool. Xavier, so Australia. Yeah, Australia. Yeah, they did. They have produced some uh, pretty uh, great fighters over the years. Yeah, uh, I was yeah. seeing. Yeah. Who was I talking? Oh yeah, I was talking with uh, Randy McKissick. Dot. He he had met some kid Griffo, but uh, yeah. So there's this guy, young Griffo, who was a great fighter from Australia yeah. back in the day. Uh, uh, Jim, I believe Jim Mace was also Australian. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's Frank Slavin was another good one. Um, Slavin, yeah, almost <laughs> like my name. <laughs> almost my mm. namesake. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely good stuff, Rodolfo. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how I also sometimes discover some fighters by going through records of these more famous, you know, fighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. That's put me on a lot of fighters, especially uh, researching a particular fighter and then getting looped in on yeah. some of their top fights. Um, Tiger Jack Fox yeah. knocked out Jersey Joe Walcott two times, also beat Maxi Rosenblum. Hey, that yeah, in itself right there is top-notch stuff. Well, I think he lost. What was the name? Was that John Henry Lewis was the champion? Like okay, Henry. John Henry Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was good. He definitely should also get more uh, credit. I mean, be more known. <laughs> yeah, I have this little shorts video I'm going to uh, post of him. But yeah, John Henry Lewis. And I, I yeah, I became more familiar with him through the uh, Braddock, through James J. Braddock. And uh, I know they fought a couple of times. And James yeah. J. Braddock, when he beat 
when he finally beat um, John Henry Lewis, that kind of what helped yeah. to get him back in the mix prior to getting that shot at uh, Max Bear. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's a good land down under for that fight. <laughs> cool. Correction about five, knocked out Wildcat once and out point. Yeah, I thought that was that okay. sounds more more correct. Yeah, <laughs> Jersey Joe. Okay, Jersey that Joe. yeah, that hey, that's pretty cool. See, I'm not uh, super familiar with Fox outside of his namesake. I had to check out more of his stuff. Um, outside of knowing that he was a player uh, around that time, mm. I do want to look up some stuff then. Or. But also you have guys who are from the other continents, like Arturo Godoy. Have you heard of him? He was he fought Joe Lewis and nearly beat him, you know, in the first Arturo Godoy. Godoy. Yeah, I don't he's from he's a Chilean from Chile. Chile. <laughs> mm, the name doesn't ring a bell off top. Yeah. But that's yeah. pretty awesome though. He was very good. If he uh, got close with uh, Joe Lewis, I know a couple of guys uh, landed some pretty uh, nice shots on Lewis that uh, yeah. to include um, even uh, Tony Galento. He had, oh, prior boy. to him getting stopped, he had landed a, a big punch on Lewis that looked like it hurt him. Uh, also, I think uh, Mauriello, Tammy Mauriello. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You, you know of him. Have you heard of him? I don't know if I know. He's, he was called the Bronx Barkeep. That was his like. <laughs> no, I don't think I know, but that's pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. A really, you know, really heavy, heavy puncher. He had really big, big power. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's pretty yeah. awesome. I had to check him out. I had to check him out. I'm gonna look through. I've locked up a lot of stuff on Joe Lewis. So I had to look through, dive more into some of his opponents. Yeah. Of course, I know all the big stuff or or some of the bigger fights that he had. Archie um, Moore was really, yeah, he was outstanding. Yeah, Archie was a uh, was a beast, truly a road warrior. There, I mean, the, this guy would fight anywhere, and man, what it took for him to finally get his title shot—that's crazy. You know, yeah. had he even had he gotten uh, some of those shots earlier, um, I think he would be even more of a bigger uh, star than what he is. You know. Yeah, and to score so many knockouts, that was amazing. Like over yeah, hundreds. <laughs> yeah, he was the real deal. Wow, yeah. The old mongoose. <laughs> the old mongoose. Yeah, you know, and he was a he just seemed like a great guy in terms of seeing some of his uh older interviews or interviews yeah. when he was older, you know. Um he, he just seemed like a great guy just in general, you know. We are about to reach two-hour mark <laughs> in the two, minute. Two-hour mark, yeah. We're pretty much there, right? Time flies. Yeah, time so, definitely flies. I mean, yeah, we're going to have to, <laughs> I guess, end this thing here yeah. and give individuals the opportunity to digest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, but when it's so long, you know, many people just don't bother watching. Like, oh, no, two hours, come on. <laughs> Who's going to watch that? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll put yeah. on some of those at night or something. <laughs> they maybe watch for three, four minutes, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll try to see about cropping out certain parts or whatever, which kind of touch on some of the discussions. Uh, yeah, on some stuff. Billy Jones beat James Brett. That was the last color light heavyweight champion I found. He beat Rosenblum and lost two. He's not credited with oh, yeah. anything. Oh wow. 
Interesting. Billy Jones. I don't know that I know Billy Jones. But that is pretty interesting right there, uh, Xavier. I think Harold Johnson was one of the most underrated fighters. Really. Oh, yeah, Harold Johnson. I, don't, I can't proclaim to know a ton about him, but I know he was uh, highly regarded. Or really fantastic, like, uh, technical fighter and really strong physically. Not really puncher, but, yeah, he was really great, very tough, too, you know. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Harold Johnson. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check out more of his stuff too. Man, there's so many. Yeah, yeah when you start going a... back, there's so many top caliber fighters out there. Yeah, he had that uh, or two, maybe actually really great fights with Archie Moore. And, uh, mm. You know, one where he was ahead for you know really long, and then in the 14th round, I believe he got stopped <laughs> very okay. unlucky. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, Archie, man. I think he has Archie has what like 132 knockouts, which is insane. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, yeah. I know there's some guy out there who's not widely known. I had saw it posted one time on Facebook who apparently has more knockouts. Um, but I don't know if his level of competition was there on oh, the yeah. I don't believe it was on the caliber of uh Archie Moore he was fighting like cab drivers stuff yeah. <laughs> Archie's <laughs> legit <laughs> yeah yeah was that? yeah I don't remember his name uh all right all right oh, but I remember seeing it on something I don't remember his name but yeah the level of competition was not the same for sure there's yeah. the guy who knocked out Archie Moore in the first round of June 2nd 1948 Knocked him out in yeah. the first round. That was that? Ezra Charles. I don't know. <laughs> so, Ezra knocked him out in the first round? Wow. I don't know. Maybe, but I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Sounds like something he could do anyway. <laughs> not that mm -hmm. many. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ezra was a beast. And, you know, the crazy yeah. thing is uh, he's really more so a middleweight who just moved up, you know, to get yeah bigger paydays and more shots, you know? I yeah, I remember I saw that picture where they compare him and Jersey Joe. You know, uh, that was like tail of tape, and like you know, that was a, such a big difference in the way yeah. they were built. Like Jersey Joe, really, you know, big, massive, strong, true heavyweight, and this guy was really, you know, like <laughs> slim oh, yeah. and you know, light. Yeah, okay, he's knocked out bitter fighters. He's not knocked out bitter fighters. There's more. Okay, and then Ezra did it in eight. Okay, so it took him yeah. eight. Okay, yeah, Ezra, yeah, Ezra beat Charlie Burley twice, I believe. Mm. Highly you know, Floyd Marshall, he was also pretty, yeah, he was good. Another part of Black Murderer's Row, right there. Yeah, he wasn't that known, I think. Well, not today, anyway, he isn't <laughs> now. Was he a uh, heavyweight? No, he was a light heavyweight. Mostly. Light heavyweight. I, I believe. Think, he. I it? wonder if he fought Freddie Mills. Yeah, I think he was it him. Yeah, probably. So yeah, yeah, that might have been him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, more light heavy. I know a lot of those guys, weight wise. Um, of course, they would probably be cruiserweights if they were fighting today, or yeah. light heavyweights somewhere in their mix, uh, or bridger weight. <laughs> yeah, preacher weight. <laughs> That's Bridger like 
Only nonsense we basically. <laughs> Bridger really Bridger wait. Leonard Murrow knocked out Archie Moore in one round. Moore landed low and he extended his arms out to apologize. Moore took advantage. Wow. They had a rematch. Oh wow. <laughs> Protect yourself yeah, at all times, right? Because I, I that sounds weird to me. When Archie Moore, you know, getting knocked out one round, you know, I, that's not easy <laughs> to do. Yeah, that uh, that uh that certainly happens uh in terms of some of those moments where people get caught unexpectedly. That's how yeah. uh that's how uh Dempsey beat Jack Sharkey, something similar. Oh, landed right. a low blow or whatever and oh, Sharkey yeah. was looking to complain and got knocked out. <laughs> yeah. Kate Lewis got beat like that. I forget who did it, but um he got knocked out in a similar fashion on something of that yeah. nature. But cool, yeah, we're two hours plus in. Yes. Uh, Slavin, I, I know that we're going to have to cut this thing short, man. Yeah, about time. <laughs> I know it's night there, but dang. Yeah, it's getting dark, too. <laughs> we'll dig in next time. Next time around, we're going to dig in, folks. Hey, we appreciate everybody that stopped in to uh, check it out. Hey, more to come. We're probably going to try and do this next week. If anyone wants to hop on, feel free. Let me know. You can uh, join the conversation as well. Uh, just let me know. But yeah, we do appreciate you all dropping in. Thanks, Rodolfo. Uh, have a good uh, yes. have a good rest of your day, everyone. Xavier, all who dropped Melissa, uh, the first person, Sirian. Uh, thank you all for yeah. dropping in. Vinny, yeah, yeah and Vinny, <laughs> thank you for dropping in as well. So, but yeah, we do appreciate it. And I guess until next time. Next week. We might we might touch base next week. We'll let it be known. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, Slavin. Yeah. Same to you. Bye-bye. Bye. The future will be amazing. And that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.